Cantonese Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hi, it's Rose here. This week we will be talking about fake vaccines, what's going on with the royal family and the Harry and Meghan interview, the issue of food waste, International Women's Day and World Book Day. Hi, it's Rose here with a really, really shocking story relating to COVID-19. According to the BBC, last week, police in China and South Africa seized thousands of doses of counterfeit COVID-19 vaccine and made dozens of arrests. In China, police made 80 arrests at a factory allegedly making the fake vaccine where at least 3,000 doses were found. A spokesperson for the Chinese Ministry of Public Security said police there were conducting a targeted campaign to prevent and crack down on crimes related to vaccines and would step up constructive cooperation with Interpol and police in other countries to prevent such crimes. In South Africa, three Chinese nationals and a Zambian were detained at a warehouse where ampoules containing 2,400 doses were discovered. Interpol, the international police body, said it was also getting reports of other fake vaccine rings. The COVID-19 pandemic has claimed more than 2.5 million lives worldwide and infected nearly 115 million people. When they announced the dismantling of the suspected fake vaccine network, Interpol stressed that no approved vaccines were currently available for sale online and that the crimes discovered in China and South Africa likely to be only the tip of the iceberg when it came to COVID-19 vaccine-related crime. In December, Interpol issued a global alert warning police in its 194 member countries to prepare for organised crime networks targeting COVID-19 vaccines and gave advice about how to spot fake medical products. It said any vaccine being advertised on websites or the dark web will not be legitimate, will not have been tested and may be dangerous. Vaccines are a vital tool for overcoming this pandemic and there is a significant demand from countries to buy available doses. Hello, this is Zara. Well, this week, the newspapers have been full of news about the royal family, mainly about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. The much-awaited interview with Oprah Winfrey aired in the US on Sunday and focused on Harry and Meghan's short period as working royals before they stepped down for a life in the US. It is also to be shown in the UK. Lots of people have different opinions about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex agreeing to this interview and I think even those that disagree with it will be curious about what was said. So what was said? While they covered a range of topics including racism, mental health, their relationship with the royal family and the media, the Duchess of Sussex spoke about the difficulties that she faced within the British royal family and told Oprah Winfrey that she did not get help when she asked for it. Meghan is mixed race and said that a low point was when Prince Harry was asked by a member of the royal family how dark their son's skin might be. She did not feel 
supported or protected by the royal family and said that the situation started to really worsen after she got married and she came to understand that not only was she not being protected but that the royal family were willing to lie to protect other members of the family but not tell the truth to protect her and Prince Harry. She was referring here to rumours that she had made the Duchess of Cambridge cry during a disagreement about flower girl dresses, Meghan said that the opposite had happened, but that the Duchess of Cambridge later apologised to her and sent her flowers and a note to make amends. Prince Harry joined his wife for the second half of the interview and talked about his relationship with the rest of his family. His relationship with his grandmother, the Queen, was really good and the two of them spoke often. However, he felt really let down by his father Prince Charles and although he would always love him there's a lot of hurt that's happened. He also said that he and Prince William were on different paths and that his family had cut him off financially. I have not watched the interview yet but I found reading about it very sad as I hate the idea of families fighting even when it's the royal family. The only nice piece of news in my opinion from the interview was the revelation that Prince Harry and his wife are expecting a baby girl and so Archie will have a sister. Now before I finish I ought to also mention the other news story about Prince Harry and his wife. Early in the week Buckingham Palace announced that it is investigating claims that the Duchess of Sussex bullied royal staff. A report in the Times newspaper claimed that the Duchess faced a complaint made in October 2018 which is when Prince Harry and Meghan were living at Kensington palace. The newspaper published a leaked email sent from a staff member in which the staff member alleged that Meghan drove two personal assistants out of the household and undermines the confidence of a third member of staff. A statement released from Buckingham Palace said that it was clearly very concerned about the allegations in the Times and its HR team will look into circumstances outlined in the article. The bullying allegations are denied by Meghan and Prince Harry and a statement was issued by a spokesman for Meghan saying how saddened Meghan was by the latest attack on her character. Hi, it's Laurie here. According to a new global report, more than 900 million tonnes of food is thrown away every year, which is a really shocking statistic. The UN Environment Programme's Food Waste Index revealed that 17% of the food available to consumers in shops, households and restaurants goes straight into the bin. Almost 60% of that waste comes from the home. In the UK, the lockdown appears to have had a surprising impact by reducing domestic food waste. But the report has highlighted a global problem that is much bigger than previously estimated. According to Richard Swannell from the charity Wrap, he said the 923 million tonnes of food being wasted each year would fill 23 million 40-ton trucks. Bumper to bumper, that's enough to circle the earth seven times. Gosh, that's terrible. Previously, food waste was an issue considered to be a problem almost exclusive to richer countries, with consumers simply buying more than they could eat. But this research has found substantial food waste everywhere it looked, which is one 
has said wasted food is responsible for 8 to 10 percent of greenhouse gas emissions. So if food waste was a country, it would be the third biggest emitter of greenhouse gases on the planet. According to research by RAP, planning careful storage and batch cooking during the lockdown reduced people's reported levels of food waste by 22 percent compared with 2019. But they also said that food waste levels are likely to rise again as we emerge from lockdown. While millions of tons of food were thrown away, an estimated 690 million people were affected by hunger in 2019. That number is expected to rise sharply as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, this is Zara. On the 8th of March, it was International Women's Day. This is a day that celebrates the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women, whilst also calling for equality so that men and women are treated the same. International Women's Day has been marked for over a hundred years, with the first gathering held in 1911. More than one million women and men attended rallies in Europe campaigning for women's rights to work, to vote and to end discrimination. The struggle for women's rights has been a long one. In fact, it has been continuing since ancient times when in ancient Rome, laws created by men ensured that women had no public voice and no role in public life. Things have thankfully moved on from those times, but I am still amazed when I hear that it wasn't until 1918 when women had a right to vote in the UK. This change happened because the women who were part of the suffrage movement in the UK chose to challenge the norms of society. This year, the UN announced their theme for 2021 as Women in Leadership Achieving an Equal Future in a COVID-19 World. But there are also other themes. The International Women's Day website has chosen Choosing to Challenge. A challenged world is an alert world, say the organisers of International Women's Day. And from challenge comes change. I love International Women's Day and think it's really important to mark it every year. In fact, it was one of the first things that I covered for News Kids when we published our very first episode of the podcast in March 2019. Hello, this is Isa. This week it was World Book Day, which in the UK is held every year on the first Thursday of March. World Book Day is the biggest celebration of its kind and the aim is to celebrate authors, books, illustrators and obviously reading. Did you know that the first World Book Day in the UK and Ireland took place in 1997 to promote reading for fun? So, why do we celebrate World Book Day? Well, sometimes children might not like reading So this type of celebration helps encourage them. In the UK, there are also national book tokens, which are distributed in partnership all schools all over the country. This helps children who might not have their own books at home. In 2016, the World Book Day charity did some research and found that for one in four children, the book that they bought using their token 
was the first one that they ever owned. They also found that the day inspires a lot of children to read more. There are so many different ways to celebrate World Book Day. A lot of schools usually have special events, and children dress up in costumes to go to school as their favorite characters. My school's event will be later this week, and I'm really looking forward to it. However, schools in a lot of countries, including the UK, were closed this World Book Day. And so lots of children had to celebrate it at home with their families. This year, there will be lots of online events too. Lots of people attended books that make you laugh out loud, which is still available to watch on demand on the World Book Day website. And there have also been share a story live online events. World Book Day this year is also being marked in the UK by the appearance of digitally activating literary themed post boxes across the country after the Royal Mail decided to celebrate children's authors who have worked to reach the children during the pandemic. The five post boxes celebrate authors including Cressida Cowell and author-illustrator duo Julia Donaldson and Lydia Monks. Each post box shows a QR code linking through to the free services offered by the author that it celebrates, including YouTube channels offering a free book reading. I think that's a great initiative, especially as this year's research carried out by the World Book Day charity has found that the number of children reading has fallen since the start of the pandemic. Cassie Shadderton, the CEO of World Book Day, said that a lot of children and parents embraced reading at the beginning of the pandemic, with huge benefits for their well-being, but numbers have since decreased. I love reading. It is one of my favourite hobbies. And I hope World Book Day will remind everyone how much fun it is to get lost in a book. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.